Hello, friends, and welcome. I know that you have journeyed far. Your, your journey has been long and has been arduous across the great Tennessee desert to this sandy, rocky place. But you have arrived now, so we can begin this week's episode of Rockyology. My companions, I'm going to need some assistance for this one. They're arriving about the same time. They come in by camel. I must warn you, though, sometimes they act a little funny. All right, all right, here we are in the land of the pharaohs. Oh, no! <laughs> well, we'll need to talk with the natives. Uh, does anyone here know a little Egyptian? Bill, Bill, come on, you're good at languages. Come oh, yes, yes, come on, yes, 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 indeed. Yes, yes, uh, was it, right what? Oh, yes, 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 indeed, yes, yes, indeed. Yes, yes, indeed. Oh, yes, indeed. yes, a little Egyptian, yes. a little Egyptian, yes. Every, everybody knows I'm mad. Served my every need. Did a grand job on my ankles, too. Now, <laughs> hold it right <laughs> there. Glad to. Now I think I'll hold it over here. Oh, <laughs> oh boy, it's nice out, isn't yes, it? Yes, I think you ought to leave it out. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, look, fellas, fun's fun, okay, but look, I gotta find a place to stay. It's gonna be night soon. I'm tired. What's the matter oh. with that dude? I'm lost, and, and I want to go to bed. Oh. oh, my bony boy. In the Estonian mountains, we used to go to sleep leaning up against a windfall. I was but a mere prat then. I'll never forget the time a snake slithered into my wife. I wasn't but knee-high to a married grasshopper then. No, 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 look, that's all never very interesting, the but the again. sun is going down. Oh, no, no, you're all confused. The horizon is moving up. Hey, listen, come on, you guys, help me, please. I know, I know. Let's, Let's stand him on his head. head. Here you go. Hey, 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 put me down. Hey, hey. Easy, boy. Ah, you see? Now it's morning. <laughs> oh, 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 he's no fun. He fell right over. Oh, hey, won't somebody please help me? Easy, easy, my lad. At times of dexterity like this, my wee native compendium, Mohammed, used to pray to the divinities. His little brown froggy body quiver at my loins. Chanting scream of ancient Egyptian holograms. What? Um... Diaphragm. No, 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 no. no. I used to date Hieroglyphs, that's I, it. Did I, you remember any? Will they help? Anything yes, at all? Of course, of course. Let's see. It was a jackal handed woman with her eyes kimbo. A king sitting sideways on his throne. A drip with gold, chipped nose uplifted. Dashly. All engraven on a pyramid of massy size. With the body of a lion, paws that refreshes, a tail told by an idiot, and the head of a fox. The pyramid is opening! Which one? The one with the ever-widening hole in it! I'm saved! I'm going in! No! Don't do that, son! It's dark and dirty in there! Oh, but, Mom! It's full of bees and spiders! You might poke your eye out! Wait till your father comes home! I'm going in, Mom!
that oh-so-funky Arabian beat. That is David Byrne of the Talking Heads, of course, and Brian Eno of Roxy Music and everybody he's ever produced, including the Talking Heads. And that is from an album they worked on together called My Life in the Bush of Ghosts. And it uses, I know I don't know, they're tripping, I'm sure, but... Um, really interesting stuff. They use found sounds throughout that entire album, and it is pretty funky, but they everything from the call to prayer to an exorcism. Check it out sometime. That song is called Regiment, and it's kind of got of a technical sort of approach to the guitar clearly there and the, the music in general, and I think we're just going to go ahead and stay technical for just a wee little bit here. By the way, you are listening to Rockyology with Nuga's own Jeff Styles, digging into deeper cuts, demos, alternative takes, B-sides from classic rock albums, all the live stuff out there, and the occasional tapping into the richest veins of new music as well. Now, this is a new cut from a classic rock artist. If you ask Eric Clapton who is the better guitarist, himself or Jeff Beck, he will say Jeff Beck. If you ask Jeff Beck, he will say Jeff Beck. And this is from his new album, and this song is called Porcupine, and I think we'll both agree that Jeff Beck kicks ass.
Jeff Beck with a song called Porcupine, and it literally is hyphenated pork, you, pine, don't ask me. And then a new band, a new band. We always say that we tap into the richest veins of new music. Sounds like a classic rock band from back in the day, but Black Pistol Fire, Black Pistol Fire, and boy, they are hot as a smoking pistol, a stolen smoking pistol, and that's called Pick Your Poison. Okay, Rockyology is what you're listening to, and we appreciate it very much here at fredpodcast.com or Anchor FM or whatever station it's playing on or wherever it's coming. As long as it's going into your ear holes, that's the good thing. Now, we're going to come up here on a gaggle of young ladies, and they're all extremely talented. One you've heard on this show before, Grace Potter. The one in the middle, Beth Hart, a force of nature. If you're not familiar with Beth Hart, get familiar with her. I don't think she'd mind either. And then we're going to come out. The third lady is going to be the lead singer for the band Vintage Jukebox. I know it's kind of a shtick. It's kind of a thing. But I swear I think this is one of the greatest covers of all time. Vintage Jukebox, who do sort of 40s lounge singer swing sets of grunge and stuff like that, doing Pearl Jam. Oh, I guess, did you hit it? Did you hit the switch already? Did you need more rosé? You went for sake. Alex wants sake. Did I go brass slide or glass slide, everybody? Come on. All right, comments. Hit the comment section. I got a, I got a glass slide and a brass slide. Here's the glass one. Here's the brass one. I'm yeah, taking a vote. They're not hearing the, the saw. So. Oh, good. They're not hearing the saw. I, that means I'm going to stick with the brass slide. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Maybe we should turn it up so that the saw people can hear okay. us. Oh, you know I need 
I really did want to kick into something there, but we didn't learn any other songs on the V. What are we going to do? I know, this is the only V song.
And in a rare Rockyology first, I've been wrong several times. There have been times I thought I was wrong, but I was mistaken. But you never hear me admit it. I want to go ahead and admit it. I said vintage jukebox. It's postmodern jukebox. And I, I, I don't think that's just a shtick. I know every once in a while I'll get something wrong. You're just going to have to get used to it because I'm the host of the podcast. So what you going to do? Sue me? Yeah, I'm dragging the Argonaut down with me. That's all right. He's used to being dragged up and down the gravel roads of Tennessee. My God. And uh, anyway, Beth Hart in the, in the middle, I'm telling you, check her out. She is just so awesome. It's unbelievable. And then Grace Potter kicking things off. And I know we've played a little Grace in the past, and we've had uh, Prince, the purple one himself, doing a whole lot of love. But how do you just pass that up? You can't, right? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do old and new, old and new, old and new. We're going to play Quicksilver Messenger Service, all right? Quicksilver Messenger Service, the biggest band in San Francisco at the time, bigger than the Grateful Dead, bigger than Jefferson Airplane, bigger than Moby Grape, and this is a song I was so excited to find. I had forgotten about this song, and it just came just this huge nostalgia buzz when I heard it again called What About Me? And then there's going to be an older voice, an older act, an older name, doing something so completely out of the orbit of what he normally does. A, he's going to sing. B, it's going to be funky. I'm not even going to tell you who it is because I'm not, I'm just not going to. I'm going to let you try to guess. I'll tell you when it's all done.
like a stranger in the land where I was born. And I live like an outlaw, and I'm always on the run. And I'm always getting busted, and I got to take a stand. I believe the revolution must be mighty
than the money It's a family affair
Yes, yes, I'm sure you recognize the dulcet tones of that hero of Detroit blue-eyed, smooth R&B and soul, Iggy Pop. Iggy Pop of Iggy and the Stooges. When Quicksilver Messenger Service and all the rest of those San Francisco bands were holding hands on the hillside and putting flowers in their hair and, and being all trippy-dippy and hippie and love and everything like that, Iggy and the Stooges and MC5 were out searching and destroying. It was Blitzkrieg Bop before the Ramones were even around. And they, they were, I mean, Iggy's covered with blood and broken glass and it's such a bizarre twist, but I love his take on that old Sly and the Family Stone song, Family Affair. That's why I played it. Rockyology, the only place you're going to hear stuff like that. Nuga's own Jeff Styles digging into deeper cuts, demos, alternate takes, B-sides, live stuff from classic rock albums, old artists doing new stuff, new artists doing new stuff, the occasional tapping into the richest veins of just extraordinary music all over the place. I'm going to leave you with kind of a triple play for you podcast listeners of kind of some drive-by-truckers-ish stuff. Actually, two cuts from drive-by-truckers. One will end the broadcast show. It is the best explanation of what it's all about to be a Southerner and to live in the South that has ever been done, certainly by a musical act. It's called The Three Great Icons of Alabama. Leading into that, Brand new stuff from Jason Isbell from his new album, Reunions, and it's a song called It Gets Easier, and it's all about his struggle with alcoholism. And then the bonus cut for the podcast listeners, another DBT tune that I just absolutely adore. It's almost like an autobiography called Let There Be Rock. Same dream I have about twice a week I had one glass of wine I woke up feeling fine And that's how I knew it was a dream Last night I dreamed that I'd been drinking Cold burning whiskey down my throat My hand turned into a rattlesnake And I laughed myself awake And that's how I knew it was a joke
up in North Alabama back in the 1970s when dinosaurs still roamed the earth. And speaking, of course, of the three great Alabama icons, George Wallace, Bear Bryant, and Ronnie Van Zandt. Now, Ronnie Van Zandt wasn't from Alabama. He was from Florida. He was a huge Neil Young fan. But in the tradition of Merle Haggard writing Noki from Muskogee to tell his dad's point of view about the hippies in Vietnam, Ronnie felt that the other side of the story should be told. Now Neil Young always claimed that Sweet Home Alabama was one of his favorite songs, and legend has it he was an honorary pallbearer in Ronnie's funeral. Such is the duality of the Southern thing. Bear Bryant wore a cool-looking red checkered hat and won football games. And there's few things more loved in Alabama than football and the men who know how to win at it. So when the bear would come to town, there would be a parade. Now me, I was one of them pussy boys because I hated football, so I got a guitar. But a guitar is a poor substitute for a football with the girls in my high school, so my band hit the road. We didn't play no Skinner either. I came of age rebelling against the music in my high school parking lot. It wasn't until years later after leaving the South for a while that I came to appreciate and understand the whole Skinner thing and its misunderstood glory. I left the South and learned how different people's perceptions of the Southern thing was from what I'd seen in my life. Which leads us to George Wallace. Now Wallace was for all practical purposes the governor of Alabama from 1962 until 1986. Once when a law prevented him from succeeding himself, he ran his wife Lurleen in his place and she won by a landslide. He's most famous as the belligerent racist voice of the segregationist South, standing in the doorways of schools and waging a political war against the federal government that he decried as hypocritical. Wallace had started out as a lawyer and a judge with a very progressive and humanitarian track record for a man of his time. But he lost his first bid for governor in 1958 by hedging on the race issue against a man who spoke out against integration. Wallace ran again in 62 as a staunch segregationist and won big and for the next decade spoke out loudly. He accused Kennedy and King of being communists and he was constantly on national news representing the good people of Alabama. And you know race was only an issue on TV in the house that I grew up in. Wallace was viewed as a man from another time and place. But when I first ventured out of the South, I was shocked at how strongly Wallace was associated with Alabama and its people. You know, racism is a worldwide problem, and it's been since the beginning of recorded history. And it ain't just white and black, but thanks to George Wallace, it's always a little more convenient to play it with a Southern accent.
Bands like Leonard Skinner attempted to show another side of the South, one that certainly exists, but few saw beyond the rebel flag. And this applies not only to their critics and detractors, but also from their fans and followers. So for a while, when Neil Young would come to town, he'd get death threats down in Alabama. Ironically, in 1971, after a particularly racially charged campaign, Wallace began backpedaling, and he opened up Alabama politics to minorities at a rate faster than most northern states or the federal government. Wallace spent the rest of his life trying to explain away his racist past. And in 1982, he won his last term in office with over 90% of the black vote. Such is the duality of the Southern thing. And George Wallace died back in 98, and he's in hell now. Not because he's a racist. His track record as a judge and his late life quest for redemption make a good argument for his being at worst, no worse than most white men of his generation, north or south. But because of his blind ambition and his hunger for votes, he turned a blind eye to the suffering of black America and he became a pawn in the fight against the civil rights cause. Fortunately for him, the devil is also a southerner. So this song's gonna take place in hell, told from the devil's point of view, as he does what any good southerner would do when company's coming. He brewed up some good sweet tea, and he whoops up some southern hospitality for the arrival of the new guest. <laughs> oh, oh, what? I've got an announcement. Okay. All right. Argonaut's got an announcement. This is just for you podcast people, of course. The bonus track coming up. I'd already introduced it. I, I was just going to just jump in there and say hi. But we'll... If you appreciate our hard work on Rockyology, fredpodcast.com and give us some damn money. Man, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. Subscribe, sponsor, just bring us a big sack full of cash. Here's Shalliford Road. Shalliford Road. Shalliford Road. Fuck. Where do we, where do we work? Rodrigo Road. <laughs> Ringo Road in Eastridge, Tennessee. I don't identify with Eastridge very much. Shut up, man. Play the drive by truckers, let there be rock. This is my story. cult concert 14 years old and I thought them lasers were a spider chasing me on my way home got pulled over in Rogersville Alabama with a half ounce of weed and a case of sterling big mouth my buddy Gene was driving me just barely turned 16 I'd like to say I'm sorry, but we live to tell about it. And we live to do a whole bunch more crazy, stupid shit. And I never saw Leonard Skinner, but 
but I sure saw Molly Hatchet with 38 special and the Johnny Van Zandt fans. Before that plane crashed 